Rocket from Elderberry and Miley as they leave the back straight in 28.7. Rocket with attitude on the turn, five metres clear. Of in second spot, Valerie Lane. Trady Lady just goes a bit rough at times third and stops her from balancing up. But in the straight, Rocket with attitude's nicely clear. Valerie Lane's run a big race from Trady Lady. It's Rocket with attitude. Valerie Lane's going to get close. Rocket with attitude clear though from uh, Valerie Lane and Rocket with attitude sees it out. Rocket with attitude beats uh, second. Home. Yeah, it kicked off a terrific night at Melton on Saturday night and uh, David Miles was driving Rockin' with Attitude to Group 1 victory there in the final of the Vic Bread Super Series uh, final for the two-year-old trotting fillies and he joins us on the line now this afternoon. Uh, hello to you, David. Congratulations on the win. Morning, guys. Thank she, you very much. She's been a great filly uh, for connections and yourself, uh, obviously building a terrific record and it was, I think, just deserved that she got the victory there on Saturday. Yeah, 100%. She's definitely been the unluckiest horse of the season. Um, she uh, she ran into some interference at Maryborough and the Redwood, which is um, you know probably the most prestigious race for two-year-old trotters for the year. It's uh, where the girls take on the boys, and um, this year the girls' cop's been a little bit better. And, uh, yeah, we had no luck there. And then British Crown final night, uh, yeah, sustained a lot of pressure and super brave to hang on to run second. Um, and, uh, yeah, not, not a great deal of luck, but uh, we finally got our Group 1 win. Yeah, and not just a, a great victory for yourself, certainly for the owners as well. It's been, a, obviously, a, a difficult year, so great for them to get the victory that they, they've wanted. Yes, correct. Yeah, no, great bunch of owners. It's um, It's been a, it's a long time coming when you... you uh, they raced the mother as a syndicate. Um, Racer Pacer was a Hayonis Racing Victoria-run uh, syndicate through Mark Hall. Um, and uh, they, they, the legacy lives on because um, while that syndicate doesn't exist anymore, the, the group of owners stay together in the mother. Um, they had a little bit of bad luck with the mother during the year where she had to have colic surgery, and uh, hopefully next year, she, now that she's got through it, we've got a full brother or sister on, on their way. David, it's, uh, she's a tough one because she's had like the 14 starts from basically May through to December. Uh, seems like she's just a, an absolute ripper filly. She is. Because yeah, we uh, I, I I can't believe how easy she's been to train in a way mm-hmm. um, because she just keeps running up. She you, she pulls up after these tough runs like she hasn't even been around. So um, you know the, the day after the Breeders' Crown, she should have uh, really should have uh, laid down for three days, but um, she was happy to get straight back into it. And um, we weren't going to go to the uh, the Elder Baron Mole race. Uh, just recently, but she pulled up so well, and it was only a small field. We had a crack, and she duly saluted. So she's been a credit to uh, to Jaden all year. Um, he's done a fantastic job with her, and um, and uh, hopefully those two will be reunited next year to, to win some more Group Ones. They're all a year older now as well, David. Uh, do you expect her to continue to improve and be um, right at the top going into her three-year-old season? Well, she doesn't actually need to improve because um, I think she was only 0.2 slower than what the three-year-old fillies went. Um, she was over two seconds faster than what the Colts went. So if she just runs the same time that uh, that she's run this season or next season, um, yeah, she's going to be highly competitive. And, and her, her superior gate speed really puts her in good stead. As once she draws the front line, you know, you, you know you're going to probably be in front or very close to it. David, just looking at a form pattern, early doors there, she had a run sort of spaced a bit, whether that was through design or desire. But the beauty thing is, as you look further into her, her form, she can just keep backing up. and which yeah. is, That's got to be the, the bonus. She, like one of those ducks in the shooting gallery, just comes back up again. 
the standard bred breed are, are amazing horses. They uh, they thrive on it, and um, they uh, yeah, completely different to thoroughbreds where these horses can just keep running up. And um, you know, we're thinking fourteen runs in a season is is a lot, but um, you know, we, we'll see once horses reach four, they'll have thirty and forty runs in a season. So. Um, it, it is slightly different when you're training them at the elite level. You do have to space them out because they're going so fast. But if we've got a, just a genuine country horse, we just try to keep them 90% fit and, um, you know, race them every fortnight at worst. It was interesting. I was reading an article yesterday. It was about Andy Gath. And uh, Kate had commented once that she thought almost questioned him because he'd worked a horse or run a horse on the Friday and then line it up again in the big race on the Sunday and it won. And she's another time and thought, why he's worked this horse fast work three times, you know, really fast work and hard work three times during the week, but he was proven right. He, he just needed it and loved it. It's yeah, our breed are exceptionally strong, but in the you know same token, you know, you read books on Bart Cummings galloping Kingston Rule the day before a Melbourne Cup and uh, even after racing in the McKinnon on a Saturday. So it's just a matter of knowing your horses and which ones are which. Um, but uh, you know it's. It's a little bit of uh, conjecture. Sometimes you get it right and sometimes you get it wrong. But um, but in this instance, it was it was actually quite hard for me to keep her so fresh all year. She actually prefers not doing any fast work. And she wouldn't have done fast work at our farm for probably three months. It's just sure. been races that have kept it kicking over. Now, I've got a bit of audio I'm going to play. And I found this on the net. It was you. Well, they've obviously uh, mic'd you up and put a camera on the trial at uh, Melton one day, and I've just cut bits of it out and then edited it down. We'll play it because it's just interesting, and I'll get your comments at the end, David, hearing you comment on the horse's action and things like that through the trial. Good girl. Way, buddy. Strung out in Indian file and not going very quickly at all. And sometimes when we come to the trials, we want to uh, come for fitness. But this trial here for her, this is just about getting her to relax. Just, she just needed to relax to become a, a better horse to get her bum over and tap that wheel. I don't know if it can be picked up on the audio, but we'll have a look at the board on the way past. 52.3, super, super slow trial. We'll get trucking up on behind. Everybody's tracking along quite good. Just want to lug in a little bit. Tracked up, but I don't have a lot left. She's wanting to lay in there. We're just going to run up. We've just asked her a little bit at the end. But that was really good. Just want to tap the inside wheel in the run, so we might just uh, have the vet have a look at her just to see if we can't straighten her up behind. Now, it was interesting, just your observations through the, the trial. Yeah, it's, it's a great tool, and, um, you know, we've got a lot of great feedback from, from that day, and uh, uh, they've done it a little bit overseas where they've actually had drivers mic'd up in, in races. It hasn't quite happened here yet, but I think it might. And then they, they, you know, obviously play the audio a couple of days later. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, it's no different to having a jockey on their on their back saying, "Well, this one's not moving right, doesn't feel right in this leg." Or and for us, it's a little bit different because we're not on their backs. We have to be guided by how they track and and how they what lines they sort of take, or if they're on one rein or another a little bit more. And um, it just comes with experience. That that filly was, you know, was a little bit on one line for the whole trial, so we, we had her checked out behind and a um, little bit of vet work to, to fix up a joint and she come out and she won two of her next four starts. So, um, you know, it's, uh, it, it just comes with experience and, and um, it, I'm actually enjoying teaching the, the younger drivers that, uh, you know, all of those little sorts of things to, to help them give their trainers feedback, which 
obviously all as well. And if they give the right feedback, well, then they'll obviously get more drives. David, when you, you look at a filly like that, and as you said, she was just wanting to hang a little bit to the near side, do you look at it and, and think, is it a physical thing? Is she a bit out in the back or something that a chiro or someone can work on? Or sometimes is it shoeing that can correct things like that? Yeah, well, this is the interesting part with harness racing, Cosy, uh, is that there's 50 ways to fix one problem in our sport. We use mm-hmm. so much more gear than what the thoroughbreds use. Um, and, you know, if we can try 40 of those things and not find it, then you, the horse will leave and go to someone else and they'll, 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 they'll work on what the problem was coming from. So um, farrowing, gear, vet work, they're the three things that we go at. Sometimes it's environment and sometimes it's just work. Sometimes if they're overworked, they're a bit muscle sore and if you, you know, they, they just might a little, need a little bit of a lighter time. So there's, uh, it, that's the art of the trainer. Um, the hard part is that uh, unlike football coaches, ours don't talk back to us and can't tell us what the issue is. <laughs> Well, that's uh, yeah, that's that's part of the allure of the sport, isn't it? I think that that footage and that audio is great insight, especially for people who don't work directly with horses and they don't actually understand the the intricacies of the horses and um, the different nature that that some of them do have. I think it's interesting that you raise that point that overseas they've put cameras on uh, and and mics on on different drivers in an actual race. Would you be open to doing that yourself, David, in a race? Do you think it's possible that you could? still concentrate to the point that you need to, obviously, to to be, you know, in a race, obviously. Um, but would you be open to doing it? Would you be open to having a mic on during during a race? Yeah, no, I've got no problems with that. I've, I've watched a lot of uh, the, the YouTube. There's a, a mic'd up version at, at Woodbine Races in, in Canada, and a couple of guys are, are quite professional at it. And it's, it actually comes across fantastic, and... Australian people watch American harness racing and think that there's no tactics. It's just flat out from go to O. But after listening to the drivers talk in the middle of the run, it's, uh, it, it, it gives you so much more perspective on, on what they're thinking. And, and I think it would be, it'd be fantastic if it comes about here. Um, obviously, the, you've got to get run by all the relevant authorities. But, um, you know, as once, a, once a driver's of, uh, of a senior capable, you know, I'm getting to that age. Um, I think uh, the, it wouldn't detract from, from our ability at drive at all. Now, David, how would you like to hang out the back of the sulky like an ironing board like the American blokes do? I get in trouble for doing it a little bit anyway. Cause <laughs> I, was, I think I was the first guy in Australia ever fine for doing it. So um, I came home from the States and went, oh, yeah, this is how I'm going to drive. And, uh, yeah, it's uh, it, our racing is so much tighter than theirs, and, yeah. and I understand why that, that uh, we're not allowed to do it. Um, but... By the same token, it, it can help the horses a bit. It's a little bit like a luge effect where, you know, you're just getting out of the wind. Um, so it's, um, yeah, I understand why we don't. It's a different racing pattern. We have, you know, we do more laps and uh, racing is so much more tighter here than it is in America, especially with, you know, we have two lines of horses nearly all the time. In America, yeah. it's always one line until the last 400 metres. Yeah, David, I'm going to wind the clock back to Christmas Eve and Santa's got a couple of presents here for you. And you're going to pick only one. Yep. The Lost Storm or Captain Ravishing? Oh, come on. <laughs> wow. Hey? Wow. Um, oh, uh, up until New Year's Eve, yeah. at Christmas Eve, I would be taking, I would be taking Captain Ravishing. But after New Year's Ooh. Eve, that's such a, that's a, such a tough decision. The Lost Storm was phenomenal 
on yep. uh, on New Year's Eve. So I'm gonna I'm gonna cheat and say if you're making me pick Christmas Eve, I'm gonna go with Captain <laughs> Ravishing. But I tell you, by the time New Year's Eve come, I might be uh, looking to trade. You know what? The lost storm the other night. It looked like all of a sudden the boy had become a man. I, I've never seen a horse so smooth around the last corner. Like he, his action was phenomenal. Oh, he uh, he looked to be doing it so effortlessly, and to just run away from a great crop of colts like he did was was scary dulcified like mm. yeah it was an extraordinary performance I, I love the way that Dan Malecki summed it up as well with his call I thought he absolutely nailed it he thinks it's an easy decision to to lean towards Captain Ravishing but uh I'm interested to, to, to get your opinion on that so uh they're two pretty nice horses for the sport of harness racing to follow over the next few years though aren't they David yeah 100 percent yeah no the, the sport seems to be um kicking goals and going in the right direction and there's we need some signature horses like these horses to to get the public involved and 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 get a bit of excitement back in harness racing which has probably waned a little bit since we've gone out to melton it's we sort of got lost a little bit with the move from mooney valley but um but you know if we can we can market these horses and uh and and the participants um, no doubt that uh, we, we need uh, we, we can get a nice little kick off that. Yeah, you're spot on. It's about marketing the superstars, and the superstars are the participants and the athletes. There's no doubt about that. We've seen it across all three codes work so successfully. So I think you bang on the money. Hey, David, well done on Saturday night with the Group yep. 1 success and appreciate your time this afternoon, your insights into uh, all things across the sport. Thanks for jumping no, on. No worries at all, guys. Appreciate it. Thanks, David.